than I do, but let's get, read, read your version out loud. You've probably got the best version anyhow. So read it out loud with a strong, believe in your version. Come on, amen. First Timothy chapter one, verse 18. First Timothy one, verse 18. I don't know if they can put that up on the board, but maybe, maybe not. No, okay, no problem. Anyhow, here we go. Listen, everybody got it? Who doesn't have it yet? Help them out. Help them out right there. Help them. Yeah. Get them. Okay, good. Come on. With a loud voice all together, this one verse. All right. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. All right, that's the key verse. By the prophecies of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, you and I are going to wage a good warfare. All right? Before you're seated, tell three people the Lord's in this place this morning. Go ahead, just tell them that. Amen, amen. You're doing good. Mm -hmm. My goodness. My, my goodness. Amen, sis. How you doing? I didn't see you last week. I told Susan I missed you. Boy, I'll tell you, I notice. <laughs> All right. Today I want to still speak on waging a good warfare. Last week I spoke to you briefly. Some of you say not too briefly, but it was briefly in my mind. I spoke to you briefly about waging warfare with our worship. I want to speak one little more aspect to you this morning that we wage warfare by our walk in the Lord. Now, sometimes we don't think of it this way. By the way, do you know and understand your walk is a form of worship? The way you walk, the way you handle yourself day to day in life in this world is really a form of worship. And, and you and I have got to be great people of God, used by God. That's what we want. And God wants to bring back to us direction. He wants to give us vision. He wants to bring the Bible and the Word solid back into our lives so that no matter what is going on in the earth, no matter what we see in the days ahead, and it seems like every single week there's something new going on in the world and we can't make heads or tails of it, but no matter what's going on, we're going to be men and women, young people that really wage a good warfare in our worship, and in our walk with God. We've got to be that way. I believe God wants to enter us in the days ahead. I really think not just this church, Lincoln City Church, but I think the church worldwide, I think you're going to see some great things. And I'd love to talk to you about what I can sort of see as an end time issues coming on. Uh, we're not going to take time for that this morning, but I believe that the Lord wants to enter the church into a place of power, of supernatural power that will bring fruitfulness to everything we're doing, fruitfulness in everything around us. So we need to get ourselves ready. We need to get ourselves prepared. And that's why this verse in Timothy is so important. Paul's writing to his young protege. And by the way, when he's writing this, society is quickly changing in Timothy's day, just like it's changing in ours. It's not the same old, same old anymore. Things are happening. And Timothy is being written to by Paul because Timothy's a bit in, uh, discouraged. And Paul's trying to encourage him and sort of build him up here a little bit and say, man, it's going to be okay. The word of the Lord is still true. The word of the Lord is still strong. You're going to make it just Get ready to wage a good warfare. 
And that's what he tells him. God is teaching every one of us how to fight. And we need to understand that. Hear my voice this morning. Listen, God allows, he permits, he authorizes certain things to come into our life to teach us how to fight. He is a God who orchestrates our lives. How many know their lives are in God? Amen. So he orchestrates your life. He orders our lives according to his word. And oftentimes he allows things to happen that we don't necessarily, if we had to vote, we wouldn't want to happen. He allows things that we don't want and don't understand to come into our lives to teach us how to fight. Come on. Some of you are going, yeah, well, we'll see. Guess what? How many, how, how many were here last week? How many were here last week? Had a good service. God blessed us. God spoke to us. It was wonderful. We went out on a high. We were worshiping the Lord. I got done with the service, got a few things done here in the building, and I went outside in my car, got in my car, turned my car on, backed out of the spot that they have me parking over here on the side, and I immediately backed into Pastor Chris's car. I had just spoken about fighting the good fight. And I walked into the church and I said, Chris, can I see you for a second? I said, is that your car that's illegally parked in the parking lot? <laughs> that needs to be towed and ticketed and salvaged. How many know it rains on us sometimes? I did $1,400 worth of damage just to my car alone. How much did your estimate? $1,500. I did worse on your car. That's a cheap car. All right. <laughs> Do you understand? You can, you can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk sometimes. Come on, amen? And sometimes you get the lesson immediately after a good service. So this morning, after this wonderful service, I'm not driving anywhere. Susan's driving that car. Susan went home. She says, whew, I was so glad that wasn't me that did that. Yeah, you better be right. I blamed her anyhow. (laughs) He allows it. God does certain things, certain enemies come into our lives. But listen, they're meant to cause us to rise up. Come on, amen. He allows the enemy to gain strength and gain resources at times and create strategies that seem to plan and plot against you. The wiles, the tricks, the devious works of the devil. He, but God only allows it for a reason. He does it. Listen, God named, allowed a giant named Goliath to rise up and defy God's people so that a young worshiper named David would come around and rise up and defeat that Goliath. Come on, amen. You don't think God was sort of all taken back by Goliath. God says, okay, we'll allow you a little bit of a bragging rights here for a few moments, but you're, you're going, your, number, your number is up here in a few moments. You know, in other words, listen, if there wasn't a Goliath, there wouldn't have been a David. If there wasn't a Haman, there wasn't, wouldn't have been an Esther. But a God allows crucible moments to rise up in our lives to cause something inside of us to say, uh-uh, I'm not putting up with that any longer in my life. I've been brought to the kingdom for such an hour as this right now. And who in the world is this uncircumcised Philistine who would defy my God and defy his people? No way, David says. "Uh Uh-uh, I've got myself an attitude right now and I'm not going to put up with this. 
I don't care what the rest of you young guys are doing and you bunch of cowards. I'm going to fight this thing and he's going down. Come on, that was David's attitude. And we've got to have that kind of fight in us. Come on, amen? We can't just let the enemy roll over us. I'm stirred up by the fact that the enemy wants to destroy lives. And for some reason, God permits at times trouble to come but trouble is God's agent and, it allow, and he allows trouble to come up sometimes because he wants something to come up and come out and bring us out in of ourselves so that we begin to wage the warfare that God's called us to wage. Come on. And when we look at our enemy, when we look at him, we need to realize that our enemy has only one intention and that is to absolutely steal, kill, and destroy you. That's his whole intention. The Bible tells us that. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he wants. And so that means you can't just lay down and say, well, it always happens to me. No, get up and fight. Get up and begin to worship. Take the fight to the enemy. And this is some, not some kind of nice, neat, fair, square boxing match where you have a referee and you have rules. Listen, it's not a fight where the enemy is not allowed to hit below the belt. How many know he hits, he'll hit you and bite you and kick you, do whatever. He's not a polite fighter. <laughs> but it's a serious fight. Listen, he's out for fighting to the death. The enemy wants you to die. And so you're going to have to fight. Come on, do you hear me in this place this morning? And you're not going to fight with just a sort of blow-by-blow tit-for-tat kind of thing. This, this is more of a kick off your shoes, rip off your jacket and shirt, nitty-gritty, get down and dirty, and do what you have to do kind of fight. Now, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against powers, principalities, and spiritual wickedness in high places, the Bible says. But that still means you're going to fight. And boy, some of you are getting this because one of the ways we fight is in our worship like we did this morning. Listen, when you worship like you did, this is amazing grace. And when you sing that, when you sing, I am a friend of God, you're fighting. When you're, when you're what was that third song? I loved all three songs this morning. I, I picked this all out. That was me that did that. Oh, here we stand. Are you kidding me? That's a fight song. Here we stand. That's a fight song right there. And so it's, it's getting something riled up inside of you that says, in spite of everything, in spite of Chris parking his car in the wrong place last week, I'm going to lift my hands this Sunday and worship the Lord. Come on. Amen. Whoo, glory. Some of you say, I wish you would have hit my car because I would have totaled it and then got a new one. Come on, you're talking to somebody here that's from Detroit. I grew up in Detroit. I know what street fighting is all about. I've seen it. I've been involved on occasion. Lost a few. But can I tell you something? When you're on the street, you don't just sit there and just slap each other a little bit. Oh, well, no, don't do that to me. That, oh, don't touch me. Don't... Um, no, you have to swing, you have to fight, you have to kick and scratch, and you bite, you do what you need to do to get the job done. And when you're in that place, you'll use whatever you can find to defeat the enemy. That's what you do. David says, all I have is a sling and five rocks, but I'm going to use whatever I can find. 
Samson had to rise up, didn't know how to deal with the enemy, but he saw all these foxes. You read the story, it's wild. He gathered them up, tied their tails together, and started a fire on the enemy with a bunch of foxes. I'll do whatever, I'll use whatever I got to use. Here we go. We're going to have a fight. The enemy is coming after me, and all I see around me is a jawbone of a donkey. No, no, no. There's kids in here this morning. It's a jawbone of a donkey. But you know what I'm talking about. If that's what you've got to use, use it. Come on, amen. And so he picks up the jawbone of that donkey and fights the enemy back and forth. And he kills the enemy. But he had to get creative with it. He really did. See, you get creative when you fight. Joshua had to get creative in Joshua 10. He said, look at, oh my goodness, the sun is about to go down. God, I want to win this fight, but we need just a little bit more time. Can you hold the sun in its place on the horizon so I can have some light to keep the fight going here a little bit? Come on, amen. Go, God is right. You got to step into new things sometimes when you're in the middle of a war. See, I believe there's some people right in this room this morning. You don't want this thing to go into tomorrow and you need to fight today. Come on, don't carry it off into tomorrow or next week. And well, it's just been my life pattern. Absolutely not. You can stop it right now. Start fighting. Let me stop the movement of time and the rotation that I've set into nature for you, Joshua, and just go ahead and do what you need to do to defeat the enemy. That's what God told him. I'll take care of business up here. You take care of business down there. And so that's the idea. And I want to really make sure that you've got that under your, in your understanding. So that's sort of what we need to do. We warfare with our worship. We warfare with our, our word. We warfare, even we talked just slightly last week about with our wallet. Listen, if you've got a financial issue, start giving like crazy. Watch the enemy. He hates that. He hates that. I remember we were without nothing and near the end of a job, we, we had no more job. Uh, I was speaking and we were about 34, 35 years old. I got the, my last check. It was sitting in front of me and God said, give a bunch of money to a missionary. I thought, that is not God. Get behind me, Satan. And yet I knew he kept reminding me and I, I wrote the check, sent it off. In fact, I licked that envelope and put that stamp on and got it to the mailbox before I could change my mind. And do you know what? About two days after I sent that money off, and I didn't even know how I was going to pay my bills, I got a call from a friend of mine that says, hey, I need you to think about going up to Lincoln, Nebraska. And my whole world changed. You don't know what God's got in front of you. Well, I have no money. You don't need money. You just need God. Do you understand? Now, here's the thing. I think we also warfare in our walk. By the way, I didn't say talk walk there's a lot of people who can talk they they talk their way into a lot of stuff and they talk their way out of a lot of stuff are you all having a good time watching all these politicians talking their way in and out of things i mean every single one of them every single one of them i don't care if you're democrat republican or uh, socialist or whatever bernie sanders they're all talking everything and they'll, I was watching the, the news programs this morning. You should have heard them. Not one of them, the, the interviewer would ask a question. Not one of them answered the question that was asked. I kept sitting there going, answer the question. That, that wasn't the question. And one guy says, let me rephrase that question. Nobody asked you to rephrase the question. We asked you to answer the question. But they love to talk. I know Christians that do the same thing. And when you look at the talkers who are not walking, 
If you'll just uncover it, you'll find in their lives every time a mess. Come on, one hot mess. You know what I'm talking about when I say a hot mess? There's some people who know how to talk a good game, but when you get them out on the court, they do not perform according to what they said they could do. But I'm dealing with something deeper here. I'm dealing with our walk. Your walk, listen, is who you are. You can tell somebody by their walk. You can see a person's identity by their walk. As a Christian, the world can tell who you are by your walk. They will call you either real or a hypocrite based on your walk. They can tell if this thing is really working or not inside of you or if it's just some kind of game you play on Sunday morning. Come on, it's one thing to come in here and hallelujah, this is amazing grace. And the next week or the next day or two days later up at the work, you're just, oh my goodness, all sorts of stuff coming out of your mouth. Okay, don't get quiet on me now. I'm telling you, we know that in our walk, we can carry some things on us at times and the world sees it. The world's looking at our walk. They're looking for a people who are actually living what they're believing. They're living what they're talking about. That's what the world's looking. And I believe that we are in the greatest, in the greatest way we can wage warfare with our walk, just walking. And when you look at your walk, it's the simplest of forms of worship. It's in your steps. It's just one step in front of the other. Your walk is your steps. Each step is an increment. Each step signifies where you're going. Each step is so simple. It's just one little step. It doesn't seem like a whole lot to you at the time. One step in the wrong direction, just for a moment, one step over here to the left or one step to the right, it will get you off course very quickly, though. Come on, amen? You only are taking one step at a time. You and I have to watch where our steps are taking us, where we're actually walking, where we're putting our feet down just one harmless little step and we'll say to ourselves every time well this ain't that much of a deal guess what that step leads to another step which leads to another step which will get you so far afield you can't believe it your steps are important i'm a pilot and i know by fact that if i don't stay right on that compass direction that i've got given to me by the controller and stay on it if i'm off by one degree in a matter of moments, I'm not only going to be off one degree, but I'm actually, as the time goes on, I'm going to be way, way off over here. That's how easy. Just one little degree off can do for you. The scripture says the steps of a good man, good woman, are what? They're ordered by the Lord. Each step you take is powerful. Each step you take tells the enemy which way you're going or not. Each step that you take, each individual step you take tells where you are. Each step, if you're walking in the Lord, David said this in Psalm 119, 133, order my steps, Lord, in your word. That's what he told him. In the Hebrew, order actually means to declare a desire. So in the Hebrew, David is actually saying, declare your desire, O Lord, in the way I walk. Declare your purposes right in the way I walk. Now that's good stuff when you read that. God has a desire for each one of your steps. God has an intention. Have you ever found yourself taking steps in God and when you took that step, you found yourself saying, okay, God, here we, here we go. 
I, I don't know. That's what I did when I moved to Lincoln. I mean, it was Susan and I and uh, the two kids and a Labrador dog and a rubber tree plant. And you're going, oh, my Lord, I don't know anybody up in Lincoln. We, then we found and loved uh, uh, Ken and Arlene, and God gave us friends. But, I mean, it, the first couple of steps are like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know if we're doing that. Uh, God, what am I doing here? God, this doesn't seem like the way we should go to, to, to where you said where you were going to take me. Do, do you remember, Lord, that little prophetic exchange you had over my life? God, you said, you, I know you sent the prophets, and they prophesied a word over me, and I could see it all just playing out real nice, and I thought it was going to be in St. Louis, but you cut, what do I, I mean, Lincoln? I had to, before we moved, I had to go to a map and see where Lincoln was. Jesus. Jesus. I, I thought you said from A to B. Thought it was going to be simple. And Jesus comes along and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, how about going to B via X, Y, and Z? I'm ordering your steps, Jer. See, God has an intention with our steps. So you take one step and God says, hey, let me tell you about that step. That step there that you just took was to sustain you. Let me tell you about that step. That step there that you took was to grow you up. That step there you took was to mature you. That step there was to get your fight on. That step there that you did that over there, that step was to humble you. We don't like that one, sorry. How about that step over there? Oh, that step was to clean you out. Get you straight. I'm interested in your purity. I'm interested in your integrity. I'm interested in... That's, that's why I allowed you to take that step that I just caused you to take. Because I want you to be a vessel of honor. I want you to be one that I can say, I can use him, I can use her, because I allowed them to go through that step. How many have to love the steps of the Lord? Come on, we, oh, we love that. Oh, the steps of the Lord, the righteous are, 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 are ordered by the Lord. Amen, praise God. Oh, yeah, you want that? Mm-hmm. But God has intentions for us behind every step. And not only does he have intentions, but he has provision. God knows every one of your days. He knows the end. Aren't you glad about this? He knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly what you're going to need and every step that you take. How many believe that God does that? He knows that. And so when you take it, when you take that step, there's provision. There's grace that is sufficient to take that step. His mercies are new every step you take. You wake up tomorrow morning, you got some steps to take. His mercies are going to be there accompanying you. And so when you step into that step, you're stepping into the promise of God. And, and with that promise of God, there's provision of God. See, one step, just one step, can make you go into a different direction. Just that simple. How many have ever had a detour? <laughs> yeah. Where you thought you knew how to get where God wanted you to go. Let me just try this over here, God, on this slippy, slidey slope here, over here. I'll be back, Lord. I, I know where it is, but right now, I sort of like this road right now a little bit better. You don't mind if I go this way, Lord? I, I can feel this road here, Lord. It's a little bit more smoother. It's a little wider. It's a little easier. That road over there. That road over there you want me to go, that's a Jesus help me road. That, that's a little bumpy. 
And so I ride this road, I, I ride this road, and before you know it, I ride it to a place where now I almost don't know how to get back to where God wants me to be. How many know it can happen just like that? That's called a detour. That's called getting off on the wrong track. That's called getting derailed by something scenic, by something smooth, by something that is wide. But narrow, the Bible says, is the path that leads to life. And wide is the path that leads to destruction. Well, I didn't get a lot of amens from that verse, but that's still in the Bible. Ever notice that the wide path always has all the great stops? The wide path has everything that I feel I need. If I look at the wide path, there's maybe little things, little compromises. The Bible calls them little foxes. They don't seem like a whole bunch but they're on the wide path. There are opportunities and exchanges that take place on the wide path, and God says, no, no, Jer, I want to order your steps today. And sometimes where he has you walking, it almost feels, have you ever felt like this? It almost feels like you're on a tightrope. You almost don't know how you can handle it. Come on, where you're seeming to try to find your balance, but God is the one allowing you to go this way because if you go this way, you're going to be strong and you're going to be powerful and he's going to be able to use you when you go his way every time. Woo! It's up to you. Now, here's what I love about God. He doesn't force your steps to do anything. He doesn't even force worship out of you. You've got to be willing to do it. You've got to be willing to walk his way. If you're not willing to walk his way, he's going to let you go your way. But you hopefully will wake up and come back to his way if you want him to use you. See, one step can make the difference. Listen, one step can make a difference. One step can change your life. One step, by the way, can save your life. Did you know that? Wage war with your walk. Now, I want to give you one story, then we're going to get back to worshiping. This is a wonderful story over in Joshua chapter 6. And you don't need to turn to it, but let me just talk to you about it. It's the story of Joshua having crossed the Jordan River, camped now in the promised land, but right at the edge of it. And they're now having to go in and conquer the land that God's given them. And the very first city they come up to is the city of Jericho. Now, Jericho, and you all know, some of you at least do know that old song, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and he went to battle in Jericho, and the walls come tumbling down and all that, and we just love that story. And we love the part, I know we love the part, where at the very end, after they marched around that city and those fortress walls for six days, by the seventh day, oh my goodness, uh, they, uh, they started to shout, and as they're shouting, the Bible says, suddenly, the walls came down. Now, I've been a pastor and a preacher for long enough to know that if I preach on the word suddenly in any context, suddenly the man's eyes were open. Suddenly the waters parted. There's so many suddenlies in the Bible. We, We can get a shout going on in here like you can't believe. Come on, amen. I love the suddenlies. God comes along suddenly. And we'll all be up in our chairs. People will be running the aisle and shouting glory, hallelujah. It'll go crazy in here if I spoke on the suddenlies. Here's the problem with that. We always want the suddenlies. We're we're the Burger King generation. You notice I didn't say McDonald's. We're the Burger King generation. We want it hot, we want it now, and we want it suddenly. 
if you're in the line at the, at the uh, Burger King, you know, in the drive-thru, and, and the ones I hate are two things. One, where they haven't... I went in Singapore the other day. I was at the other place, who I don't like to name, but I went to them, and I ordered one cheeseburger. One cheese... That's all I wanted. They says, are you okay? It's going to take 15 minutes. I'm in the drive-thru. I said, I can come on up in there and cook the thing and be back in my car and on my way less than 15 minutes. I told them, well, well sir, I, I said, no, 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 no. 15 minutes for one cheeseburger? Something's wrong. In fact, you know me enough. I said, that's a management problem. Let me speak to your manager. She got the manager. What's your problem? Well, I'm so sorry, sir. No, no, no. This, it's not a matter of you being sorry. I'm sorry. You're not sorry. I'm sorry. I said, what's the problem? Why am I talking about this? Anyhow, but you know what I'm talking about. And you want your cheeseburger when you want your cheeseburger. But listen to what the Lord told the people of Israel. Watch, 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 watch. He said, for six days, I don't want you to make a peep. I don't want you to talk. I don't want one word to come out of your mouth. Now, there's worship in this. Listen to me. It's, I love when we get together collectively. We, oh, no, don't ever stop and sit there when we're collective like this corporately and we're just, oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't worship like that. What? You better be worshiping the Lord. Come on, amen. I mean, my goodness, when he's in this building, you're gonna, when you see him face to face one day, you will be doing something. <laughs> Anyhow, that's why we worship. But in this case, in Joshua, Joshua is told by the Lord, have the people march around the building six days and not say a word. Now watch what he's doing. Watch what he's doing. I want there to be a witness of your steps. One foot in front of the other, not saying a word. You're going to wage warfare by your steps. You're going to wage warfare by just where you walk. Just get up. Everybody get up and walk. And that's what Joshua said. And just walk around that building. Don't say a word. Just keep walking around that building. One step in front of the other. One step in front of the other. One step in front of the other. For six days do this and don't say a word. There is warfare in the way you walk. Come on. When you're out tomorrow at your place of work, when you're out tomorrow at school, when you're out tomorrow in your neighborhood, when you, some of you, go home today to a very hard place, even called family, and it's hard, I'm telling you, it's not as much about what comes out of your mouth as about how you walk. How are you going to walk? Do you walk in God's direction? Do you walk confident as you place one foot in front of the other? Do you walk and you just keep walking? Until God says, go ahead and shout. And by the way, the shout came at the end of those six days because it was a victory shout. And that, but the warfare had already been accomplished. 
the wall was already the wall wasn't down but in essence it was already accomplished and it was down before they got to the shout come on amen see we like to shout i grew up in old pentecost we had we the way we had a good service was when we all were shouting come on i know about this it was a good service. In fact, the best services my brothers and I knew that we had was on Sunday night when people shouting so much the preacher couldn't preach. We go, oh, this is a good service. We don't have to hear that man preach again. <laughs> Come on, I know how we, this is how we thought. We go home, oh boy, God was in that place. The preacher didn't even get to preach. Hallelujah. We just shouted him down. <laughs> That's what we do. And we were all into the shout. Problem was, on Mondays, we lived like hellions. None of us had our lives right. We'd go out and do all sorts of things. You know how I knew it? Because on Sunday, we'd all be back at the altar asking God to forgive us. Now, after a point, how many know God even gets tired of that? That's not living. And that certainly isn't walking. That's not even getting up and crawling. That's just being a baby that can shout. But oh, God's looking for a people right now that aren't controlled by the external. They're not controlled by what they see going on on the left or the right or all that mess or this and that and the other and who's going to get elected and how's the money going to happen and what's going to happen in the stock market and oh my God and oh my God. They're not, that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for a people who know how to wage a good warfare even in their walk. Woo! Come on, amen. I'm just going to keep on walking. Sue, come on up. I'm just going to keep on walking. I'm just going to keep on walking. I'm just going to keep on putting one foot in front of the other. I'm just going to keep my feet going in the direction that God wants me to go. I'm not varying. I'm not opening my mouth. I don't even have to talk it that much. It doesn't matter what comes out of my mouth. Actually, the proof of it is in my feet. It's in my walk, not my talk. Come on, amen? doesn't matter what your talk is. Your talk can impress me all day long. Because I'm, I'm, I obey the talk. I mean, I listen to the talk. But your walk impresses God. That's who ultimately sees is your walk is God himself. And he's looking for the type of walk that will come out of you and I that says, look at there, there's a faithful man. There's a faithful woman. There's somebody that I can trust. There's somebody that I can use. Watch them even in the midst of their walking through the shadow of the, va- the valley of the shadow of death. They're walking, 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 and they're going to come out victorious on the other side. Come on, amen. That's the type of walk I'm talking about. And God wants to give us that kind of walk. He wants to give every one of us that kind of warfare. Listen, this is not about your mama's walk or your daddy's walk. This is about your walk. This is about how you conduct yourself. This is all about how you're going to live your life, how you're going to walk your walk. Now, you can talk everything you want to talk about, and you may impress the rest of us, but the one that's looking is God, and he's watching your walk. Come on. Are you going to go to the left? Are you going to go to the right? Are you going to be distracted a little bit? Or are you going to walk the walk? 
I want to walk the walk. Come on, amen? So listen, here's what I'd like you to do. Put everything out of your hands. Let's stand together. Let me pray with you this morning, could I? That God would give to us a walk like we've never known before. Come on, amen? We're going to walk it out like, like we need to walk it out. He's going to put our feet into the promised land. This, this walking thing is not weird. It shouldn't be new for us. Listen, we are called maybe sometimes to keep our mouth shut, but to keep on walking like we need to walk. Listen, I, you think about even before they got to this place in Joshua, a whole generation was in the wilderness and they were walking through the wilderness. They were walking through the wilderness, but their talking shut them down. They were a bunch of murmurers and God had to get rid of the whole generation of them before he could use the next generation to come and take the promised land. They did more talking than they did walking. Do you realize from Egypt, the children of Israel, from Egypt into the promised land could have made the journey in three days. It took them 40 years. That wasn't a a problem with distance. That was a problem with this and a problem with these. They weren't walking how they were supposed to be walking as people of God. God provided manna for them. God provided everything that they needed. Their shoes, it says, didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They had everything they needed, and yet their mouth got them into problems. Now, I'm all for worshiping like we did last week, and we do that. We wage war by worship, but oh my God, my dear friends, we also wage war by our walk. And I want to walk right this morning. Amen. Come on, put your hands up and let's pray this morning that God would do something in us right now. Come on, right now to do something. Lord, our walk, oh God, is the thing that you have ordered. You have declared your desire over our lives, Lord God. And I just pray prophetically for the people in this room right now. For those who are about in a moment maybe to take a fresh step even today. For the very first time in their lives to walk with you. But also for every one of us that are that know you. That this will be like a new step, a new paradigm. This new step will not, will usher in a new era. There will be a new anointing in this step. I pray for us as a people today that even as we step out of this place today, we're going to step into power. We're going to step into freedom today in Jesus name. Lord, I pray for an anointing on our walk. I pray it. Oh God, I pray for an anointing on our walk where our walk will tell the story. Our walk will be our testimony. Our walk will be the thing that has power in it. Our walk will carry the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. That we're going to step into divine intervention. We're going to step as your people into divine fulfillment of your purposes and your desires in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Sing this song with me.